Velocity. Let me know when you're ready. Are you ready to start? It's been recording. Okay, because let's just, I got to do it your way then. Two, 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 to be continued. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that what this is now? It is it? Yeah, it's a to be continued of John's heart attack. Because we don't know exactly what occurred at the end of last episode, whether this man is alive or in fact dead. My fingers are crossed for the latter. Wow, <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Is it? Or am I just a street racer? <laughs> yeah, because you know they wouldn't care about John dying. They don't care about anybody dying if you can't tell in this episode. Yeah, so like Taylor said, we're coming back from a be continued of last week, which was episode 12, Hereafter, where we had the nice premonition episode. Yeah, but, great episode, Jordan. Great episode. But now we think about it, you know, Jordan never touched John, so we couldn't see when his death was. So what you're saying is that Clark was really a terrible child and could have actually kind of nipped this in the butt and said, hey, Jordan, could you do me a favor, touch my parents, so that I can know if I have to step in and save them one day. Remember, no, stop. Clark, no. we, don't, we don't ask questions. We don't? No. But I want to ask questions about this because Clark should be caring about his parents because I have to admit something. John's pretty good in this episode. Yeah. John acts like a father. And I'm not going to lie, it's a father I would be proud of. You know, death, right on that door, you know, it really opens your eyes and your mind up. Maybe something changed, you know? Yeah, I'm going to say, though, this is a temporary change. <laughs> and that once he feels alive, once again, to your point, all of the death, you know, depression that goes along with mm -hmm. it, yeah, that's all going to be going out the door. Back to and, John. <laughs> and as you can clearly tell, audience, that he's alive. We're talking because yes, yeah, spoiler. He's, pre <laughs> he's he's pretty good in this <laughs> it's episode. In the opening scene. He's pretty good in this episode. Yeah, yeah. being dead. He's pretty good, <laughs> not moving. <laughs> Love you know, him. Not talking. Not moving. Nothing really. So he's gonna win best parent this year now. <laughs> and not only so we you know we get we get a little nice touch of that and we'll go into that of course as you know. Because we're just watching it again. No, we're not watching anything again. <laughs> I hate this episode. Even though I will say this has to be your favorite because this is starring your favorite character. I want to get into that, bro. No, 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 no. Pete the Boss Ross is here. He is here for you, Joseph. It's the worst. The worst thing I could have been given in this show. This is a gift. This is your favorite character. You've been asking, where's Pete, Taylor? Where am I going to get more no, Pete? Well, I've been guess saying, what? I'm giving it to you today. No, I've been saying, yes, less Pete. Less Pete. We don't need him. I know there's other people out there that just feel the same way I do, okay? What's weird is I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only one. Your anger may actually towards me to, like, turn me into loving this episode so i'm already starting out saying i hate it just another filler nonsense but you know what i think i'm gonna love it i think i'm gonna love it in the end yeah i bet you do <laughs> i especially love it because clark nope can't say no you can't say anything because there's no spoilers unless you're going to talk about how much do you love pete the boss ross i don't don't you love his nickname the boss that's probably the thing i hate the most <laughs> Because I tell you what, Pete is not a boss in any way, shape, or form. That's not what we see here. You're obviously wrong. We're not going to give anything away. I'll give him this. He's only the boss of keeping Clark's secret. 
maybe kind of but it was also maybe threatened and kind of threatened and all of the above saying pete was kind of a dick in this but so thank you okay yeah you just actually made a good point there because he even rubbed in his face like yeah man i got your back lex doesn't lex doesn't do that i got your back and he threw that in clark's face as if you're supposed to trust me over anybody else and in this episode we figure out no pete you know what clark shouldn't trust you that's not how this works it's pete the pathetic ross his name is The Boss. Uh, I'm going to have to have you get this right. Say it with me, Pete. The whack, Boss. Whack boy. I also want to say this, though. Did you know that Fast and Furious made a prequel starring the Jaw Rule character at the very beginning of the first one? Get out of here. That This is the episode where oh, we, are getting, <laughs> we are getting the prequel of Jaw Rule's character. Tell me I was really about to go search <laughs> on this internet. Look. I'd be like... Prequel, Fast and Furious, Jaw Rule, oh, a whole page on it, and little good thing I caught myself, you know. You know it comes up. You almost had me. You know it comes up. Velocity, Smallville. That's what it comes what up. What did like? Search. There's like Reddit, Reddit links and conversations, forums and discussions. You're gonna have to prove me wrong, because also Jaw Rule was not the best racer in that opening movie. By the way, because this episode happened, I then had to watch Fast and Furious one. No, look, 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 look. The thing is, <laughs> if you really think about it, Fast and Furious is basically the what if for Pete. And that what if is, what if Clark didn't stop him from racing? So he would have really became a champion until eventually Brian, a.k.a. Paul Walker, Mm -hmm. R.I.P., if he were to then... And Dom, the champion, like at that time. Yeah, but Brian almost had him. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even have the car. Oh God, the scenes are amazing and massive. And then the, we made that connection too of the the girl, the girl in this, the girl is who Fast and Furious, who flirts with Jaw Rules, like yeah, hey, if you win, you'll get both of us. And he's like, whoa, win or lose, you get me, but if you win, you get her too. <laughs> By the way, the fact that I know that line for line, no, dude, that's legendary. <laughs> The first one is legendary, bro. And then Ja Rule, he does his jacket with his shoulders. <laughs> if people don't, aren't able to quote the first one, at least. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta be able to do. I that. mean, I would say the most popular one is gonna be Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of connections. Well, with then that. again, the second one is very quotable too because of how cringe and corny it is. Man, the car races in that one are even worse than this. I said, forget about it, cuh. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, <laughs> oh my boys call me that. <laughs> you see what I mean? That was Pete Ross. Stop trying to act like you're gonna turn us down. <laughs> that was Pete Ross <laughs> in the what if if Clark never stopped him from racing. I like it. I still like the Jaw Rule character, so I'm gonna say that that's because he wouldn't grow up to he be didn't, ludicrous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. It's Jaw Rule, and he would <laughs> he would grow up because the only reason why you could go with the ludicrous thing is the hacking part. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Pete could do some tech work and obviously improve over the years if he still had Chloe. But then again, Luda's cool. I know, and Luda's actually great. And even in the second one, because without him and Too Fast, Too Furious, oh my god, just turn it off already. Honestly, and the, and the Asian girl, damn, I forgot her name. I forgot her name too. Was she even in anything else? 
Yeah, she was. Sin City. By the way, we have fallen down quite the rabbit hole. I'm loving this episode already. <laughs> yeah, we have, if you can tell, we have better things to talk about. No way. Pete the Boss Ross is here. No, we have better things to talk about right now. Like, everyone's like, this is a Smallville podcast. Everyone's already turned it off. They're like, did I click on the wrong thing? Yo, this isn't Michael and Tom. What the hell? <laughs> but, yes... Again, we're on, this is season three, episode 13, Velocity. You know how it goes here. Apparently, Taylor's going to host this episode this time. Well, I just want to be able, so how I want to host this episode is to go through each of the scenes, and I want Joseph to just explain to me all his best peep moments, (laughs) and each and every single time that we have him on this episode, because there are quite a bit of best moments here. Imagine, imagine this though. I kill myself. And then you just maybe say a little couple lines and then talk about Pete yourself. We may have to go that route in the end <laughs> because we're already having to start out in the hospital. We are starting with, with the hospital. Joseph, we need to bring back the punch card. We need to Dude, bring back the Smallville we, Hospital Punch. Damn, that was a long time ago I said that, huh? <laughs> yes. Where he would have been... Dude, he's, he's on like 20 at least, bro. <laughs> if he were to bust out his wallet at this point and multiple cards with multiple punches, man, can I like combine them? Dude. <laughs> I just keep forgetting my card. Nah, dude. Now you're making me think not even 20, bro. Not even I think it's more. No, no. He has like 50 punches. It would have to be every visit, right? Yeah. Every visit, you get a punch. He's their best customer. <laughs> I don't even know if you can call him a cu- Well, yeah, you should call him a customer at that point. My goodness. Yeah, he's probably up 30 plus for sure. You know what you get on your 50th punch? Your own chair in the waiting lobby. A free IV bag to take back home. <laughs> for John and Martha, you know they're old. What a oh, gift. Because sure enough, that is who we are opening up on, is Jonathan just sitting in his... Oh, I was hoping deathbed. But no, what we find out is that he, in fact, had a heart attack last episode. And that is where Clark found him in the barn. John, who you would think was as healthy as a horse, is what they said on his last visit. Something has occurred now that has now changed that. Yeah. And we have Martha and uh, Clark finally seeing him. He's waking up. And he's like, you two are still here. Go... Man, just go back home. Get some rest. I'm like, well, okay, John. Uh, Clark, come over here, son. I want to love you. And this is very interesting with John actually already knowing that Clark, for some reason, is blaming himself. Because what Clark is connecting the dots with, like I mentioned how John had the heart of a horse. Jarrell. The murderer horse is, (laughs) yes, Jarrell in making that deal with him was now what made his body weak of containing whatever power he received. Mm-hmm. And I like that, too. Yeah, it shows the connection with it thought, overall. You thought Jarrell would maybe just give him the powers, like, just full, like, DNA temporarily for a little bit. But no, he just gave him powers in his human body, and it just shit on him. Well, and what's... Like, that's the catch, you know? And he probably never mentioned that catch because I thought the arrangement was always whenever he would be getting Clark and whenever Clark would then have to fulfill the destiny. The agreement wasn't, okay, you can kill me too. I think Jarrell just didn't want to mention that fact because he said, 
You came to my house and you demanded things from me, John? All right, here's some heart problems. Okay. <laughs> that's that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. But even with me, like, I don't know. It just feels like Jarrell could possibly even be doing to where it's like, oh, so you die for your son, huh? And so maybe that'll that'll be even part of the grand test that he has for him to, I guess, like really have. He, he knows this human actually wants to protect Clark. So do you think that makes Jarrell sick, though? Sick? Yeah, like like he's actually upset. Because you got to remember, we're going to have to tie in the 1961 crap episode. I hope you're hearing this, Jesse. But you have to be able to tie that in. So if Jarrell went to Earth, he sees how Earth was and was like, this sucks. Going back up, now he's trying to show Clark. Clark has people that love him. And he's like, damn it, John, you were good people. Yeah. Like, that's the only thing I'm thinking is I feel like Jarrell did kind of twist it. Maybe gave him a little bit too much juice than what he really needed. Oh, it wouldn't, wouldn't doubt it. And I get what they're doing. It's like the God thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't you, help you, all the mortals. You can't access this. This is not for mortals. But you want your son back, okay. And it's like, yeah, and we don't know really, I guess, is there still the test, you know? Or was yes. the deal done? And how long is it supposed to be continuing? Or when is Jarrell supposed to be claiming his prize? Yep. I also want to say that John in this scene does mention to Clark, you know what, you're going to have to suck this up, son, because not everything in Smallville is Clark Kent's fault. John, it's about 50%, though. He's the the lord, the it's, lord of the town. It's pretty high up there, but it's a very sweet scene. Once again, Jamie from Twitter, this is you, because you did tell me that John turns a little bit of a corner later on this season. I'll buy into it on this episode. Yeah, and it's nice right here, you know. And they yes. have a nice convo. It's like, look, man, I'm good. That's it. And now now we go to, we're on the road. It's dark. We're at a stop sign. Martha's driving. Clark's in the passenger. And they're just having Just a, going home. Yeah, just going home from the hospital. And Clark looks like yeah. he's still bummed. Martha knows. And then all of a sudden, she's about to go from the stop sign. And the intersection, vroom! Fast and Furious just happened in front of their eyes. We just have to pause it real quick because I need everybody to know somebody has to prove me wrong on this, but I think I'm right. That is the exact same car from Fast and Furious that Pete is driving in this episode. Dude, I I don't know. It's the paint job and the figurine that's on the side of the vehicle. Brian didn't have a red car. I'm not saying it's Brian's. I'm oh. saying that it's in. That oh, is yeah. in Fast and Furious. It might possibly do like orange in Fast and Furious. But it, that's like red, like a like the dark decals start. that are on it. Though it's exact. Yeah, there's no like way it. that's different. So, okay, we need to talk about this damn road. What do you mean? You mean the road that's specifically designed for street racing? No, no, no it's specifically designed for like an airport. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's it's a runway. What the hell was that? Where did we get a runway? And by the way, when we saw the cars, we get the rear view of them because Clark is looking at them speed down the road. One's a green car, one's the red car that Taylor was talking about. But the red car was spewing green Nas, bro. You could see the flame in the back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't. Oh, yeah. Green Nas. But we don't know if it's Nas. Maybe they just have like some type of flame. Oh, the in there. engine, maybe? Yeah. Oh, no. Either way, it's green. Like, what are you thinking, dude? Okay, fine. I'm thinking, yeah. There yeah. has to do with it. <laughs> I'm seeing green flames. I'm like, oh, we're doing some. Meteor rock racing, dude? Thinking kryptonite? Lionel probably found another way to use kryptonite, and he gave it to somebody else to be able to use. We have Tattoo Boys. Dude. We have the chemical where it's making... What did the last chemical do? 
that we had because we had snow globes. What was the other thing where it looked exactly like the tattoo canister? Oh, you're talking about Adam's liquid? Uh, even Adam's liquid. I thought there was one more. <laughs> oh, uh, the baseball players. Oh, the when he souping up with the down. steroids. So this liquid kryptonite that we're about to even see in this in order to make the cars go faster, this has been common. Yeah, that's true. This has occurred in all of them. Dude, yeah, they there's a lot of use for this rock. Like. <laughs> and somehow we're figuring this out. Oh, just put it in your engine. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> so back to what we were talking about, the road, because it literally looks like it's designed for a airport or, yes, street racing. And obviously it is. There's a crowd. We're having a, literally a Fast and Furious scene right now. And who comes out of the red car? Look at the Irish. Oh, I'm sorry. That was the host. Pete. <laughs> Pete Ross comes out of the no, red vehicle. No, no, vehicle. no. Say his name. Pete the Boss Ross. I hate this so much. He wins the race, gets out of the car. Luck of the Irish comes yeah. up to him. Ryan Merriman, dude. And congratulates Pete. By the way, I already put in the notes. Villain. And he came up to Pete and it's like, yeah, man, way to go. I don't know who this guy is. We have never seen him. We obviously have to think that Pete has done this multiple times because they say he is king of speed. This has been his turf. He even has himself a side chick that kisses him on the cheek. And he says, yeah, this has happened last week. <laughs> so this has been going on for how long? Dude. Has to know. be for a while. Has to be. But how? And I don't know how. But the only reason why I say it has to be for a while, if he's king of the streets, there's no way these races are happening every single night. It would have to be a certain time of day. I mean, according to Fast and Furious, it's Desert Wars that they have out there where then they're racing their vehicles in an event. <laughs> so when it comes to this episode, this doesn't look like one of those events. Instead, just looks like a weekly thing. Yeah, it's weird. Like, where is he finding the time? How does how does Clark not know? Is he just that dumb? And also, I'm not even surprised that Pete would have that car. I would automatically assume that this is Pete's vehicle. He is now racing because he wants to be cool. Because the one thing I don't like about Pete is the way this has turned into a dick measuring contest. And yet, Clark isn't even trying to compete in this. And Clark is just trying to figure out his own shit. Pete has turned this into something that's just weird to me and completely like not even necessary where the ego and the jealousy it's misplaced. Yeah, no, it's he's he's making up an excuse for it. Yeah. Well, he's using the wrong excuse for the wrong like for this type of thing. Cuz it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't line up like really you're going to do this because of that. And even when it comes to the street racing cuz you automatically have to assume with Pete doing this does Chloe know? Or is he keeping this a secret from everybody? Is this a school thing? Dude, that would be, look, I'm sorry, but it would be like impossible for Chloe to not know things. I know. Especially something like that. It's public. I know. So many people are part of it. And what we do figure out, by the way, spoiler, is that Look of the Irish has been on people's radars already. Especially yeah. with the deputies in town. So this has to be a well-known thing. That's true. And so we're yeah we're at the intro first commercial again. Make sure to follow us on everything. We're I'm you know I'm gonna keep saying it until I'm sick and tired. You know 
until we have a hundred followers talking to Taylor every single day, talking shit. Yeah, leaving comments, all that good stuff. But I do want to now bring us to the next scene where we have Clark pulling up in his red truck. Again, it's been fixed multiple times. Don't know how much money has I'll been put into understand. it. I'll never understand. <laughs> they keep getting it. But now we are arriving at the garage where we see something being set up in the back of the vehicle. This, to your point, looks like the Nas, and it's in the red car. It's a whole tube, and it's meteorog. I jacked up the meteorog, the ratio in this new batch, man. It's going to be killer. And, of course, it's introduction into Jason Dante. And this is also what I hate. I'm sorry. This is why this episode kind of pissed me off with Pete. You know what kryptonite is, dude. You know that nothing that has occurred with it has been natural. And that it's truly something that's dangerous at this point. And yet you're using it to go faster. In a vehicle that could blow up. Mm -hmm. Is Pete as dumb as Lana and Clark now? No, dude. What is happening? No, 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 no. Yeah, you you said, like, I love Pete so much. I thought the Chloe Chronicles made him smarter. Um, that did not make him smarter at all. He was a camera guy. What did he do? He found something. What did he do? Near the lake. (laughs) And he was taken. Yeah, he got caught by someone. (laughs) He did nothing. All right. Closed by herself. If you, though, see Clark, like, if you're Clark and you see Pete doing this already with Kryptonite, I'm how? Pissed. Okay, yeah, I'm furious. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I'm actually so really Peter, mad. Or, sorry, Jason Dante is Ryan Merriman from like Fast and Furious. Or, sorry, not Fast and Furious. Final Destination Three. What was he in? Uh, Smart House, right? You said Smart House. Yeah, he was Ben. He's the one that would put it on the the wall of his home, where then they would do that recreation of the boy band dance That's right. with That's his right. friends when he threw a house party while his dad went out on a date. And also, Ben was a psychopath in that Smart House movie because you're not going to date my dad, Ben. Why don't you just relax, dude? Dude, you're a little kid. Your mom's only been dead for five years. (laughs) He was also in 42. He was obviously Luck of the Irish, which we all know that's his best work. If he would have done some type of tap dancing challenge, I would have died and gone to heaven. If he would have done maybe some sports competitions where then I have the... The flag coming down, rolling down whenever we score a point, you know, whenever he goes against that leprechaun, yeah. and then they have to battle it out. I dance for myself. This is a little bit of American style. And then he does like his break dancing moves. It's a great scene. Sure, yeah, man. <laughs> okay, sorry. Once again, distracted. <laughs> yeah, so Clark walks up, should be furious, but of course, Jason Dante sees Clark. He's like, hey, what's up, man? So, nice rider, and that gets, like, what, 0 to 60 in, like, 10 seconds? It's a 1975 pickup truck. What are you, what are you talking Why about? Why are we being a dick? What, what do you mean? Do you expect a 17-year-old to have, like, what, an Isuzu Subaru? Hey, man, whenever you want to, like, turn that tortoise into a hare, why don't you call me? <laughs> Who's worse, him or Adam? <laughs> okay, Adam is so much worse. <laughs> And by the way, thank God he's in this episode. I missed him. God, dude. But yeah, Jason's just like, all right, see you, bro. He's wearing, of course, all this car and biker gear. He says, see ya. And it's just like, he just just stepped away for a second. Yeah, he just went 10 feet over in order to hear the conversation and also not make it awkward. Pete first asks, though, to Clark, how's your dad? Because obviously they all know it just happened. And Clark's like, yeah, he's good, but guess what happened on our way home? Almost got obliterated. My mom was driving. 
You almost killed my mother. Nah, man, I'm sorry about that. Your mom got scared, but guess what, Clark? I was in control the whole time. Did you? Cause did you know that he didn't um, see Clark? He said sorry, be, like as if, oh, I didn't know. As in, I didn't see your mom. Yeah, meaning that if somebody did pull out from that stop sign, they would have been obliterated because I was not paying attention to anything but the street in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. That's strike one from yeah. Pete. Oh, that's your strike one? That's my strike one. He's been struck out for me this whole this Okay, whole that doesn't make sense. We're only five minutes in. We can't do this. But no, no, I'm talking about just like before this episode. Oh, no, no, no. See, that's why I had to leave this episode <laughs> and be the host because you can't distract the audience here. But let's go into the Tokyo Drift Garage. Oh, man. Yeah, because um, if we known these random barns and warehouses to be where they are, it's like I feel like they're all in the same area or the same one. And we go into the one that was right behind Pete and Jason. And it's literally Tokyo Drift, maybe Dominic Toretto's family garage or whatever. Hey, Clark, the green one's yours. <laughs> That's all I needed in this scene. Dude. Because Pete does lead him in after Clark is pissed saying you didn't pay attention to anything going 100 miles an hour. Pete decides to walk away into this garage. That's true. Yeah, he just said a half-ass sorry and was in here. He's like, how long you been doing this? Like, a couple months. And how come you didn't tell me? Because I know that you would ground me, Clark. You know, take away my allowance. Strike two. <laughs> Pete, this isn't a joke. You could hurt someone. Mind you, dude, who's... There's all these brands in here, all these different cars you have. Like, I saw a BMW outside. I saw girls going up into cubby holes like they stay here, like this is Tokyo Drift. <laughs> hey, grab them a bunk. <laughs> yup. Hey, they good. They with me. They love to whip. But yeah, and so... Of course, Clark really is being a police officer here, though. Kinda. I'm still kind of on Clark's side, considering you almost killed my mom. You're going to actually allow me to get a little bit pissed off, and you're going to act a little bit sorry about this. Mm. I'm, I'm with Clark. Usually I'm like, all right, Mr. Mr. Guy, that you're just so nice, Boy Scout, whatever. This is kind of valid. Yeah. I, I do hate Pete for this. And, you know, they did hide the kryptonite thing from him when he walked up. Uh, exactly. He immediately shut the trunk so that Clark wouldn't be able to see before they decided to then walk into the garage. And I think that was so Pete could get him away from that area. Because even in the background, Dante looked like he had a couple of those canisters in the inside mm. of his car. I think he was just trying to distract Clark, which also makes him worse. But let me tell you where the strike three happens already. Six minutes in. Um, he then shows Clark everything that's inside of this garage. It's like, it's been happening in a couple months. It's not a big deal, though. I'm not Pl breaking the law, Clark, blah, blah, blah. Plus, you're good at keeping secrets. And you keep these secret for me. You're not going to tell on me to anybody, right? Right? Mm. Strike three. We're out. We're done. What? Did you just threaten me? Did you just threaten my secret to my face if I told your mama about your street racing? You threatened to expose me? Okay. Okay. Strike three. We're done. We're done. I hate him. Six minutes in. I'm All already right. done. So wait, stop, stop, stop. There's a article here. On the, on next, the scene. next scene. We get a picture of an article and it says Tulsa valedictorian dead at 17. And it's a picture of Adam. Adam Knight, as we know. In that article, it says his name is Chad Nash. And tell me, Chad is not more fitting for that guy. A Chad? He's a Chad. He's a Chad. Chatham. I just don't like his last name. If his name was Chad Knight, oh my God, that guy 
is this person exactly? I don't know. Nash might still fit, but he, we can call him Chatham. Chatham? I'll Chatham. take Chatham. <laughs> you call him Chatham. And so, of course, who's holding it is Adam himself. And Lana Sh- Hold on, Joseph. Hold on. Sh- yeah, it looks nothing like me. What is this? No, he says <laughs> no. You know they always got someone that looks a lot like you, right? <laughs> Everyone's got one. That's not me, idiot. And Lana's like... Chad Nadge doesn't just look like you, Adam. That is you. Look what it says about him. Karate team, orchestra, computer club, all of the things that you happen to be a master of. But according to this article, you died. And by the way, five months ago from a rare liver disease. And the reason why she was uncovering that is because remember at the end of last episode, Jordan told her, I think your buddy died. And so Lana seemed to have gone a little bit into Chloe mode here. So what do you think he then saw when he touched Adam? Nothing? It was a weird reaction from him. The only reason why I think nothing is because he didn't get the headache, remember? Yeah. Like there was nothing to see. And it was so brief. Mm -hmm. Like it was already dead inside. So that's why I felt like Jordan was like, yeah, uh, he's not there. That's that's kind of wild. That is wild. Imagine you you touch someone, you're always expected to see something, anything, but this time, one didn't. And you know what that means? Then is that with Jordan's visions? I, I hate that we're already going back to last week, but with Jordan's visions, that means he's touched a dead body before, and he has seen that there is nothing that occurs. So that's why with him bumping into Adam, he probably assumed, oh, I. This is... You're a corpse. Yeah, that's not normal. Lana, you should look into this. And she did. But that's just crazy because thinking like right now, it's like you're dead. So that liquid is keeping you alive. Um, Joseph, you know, this looks exactly like you. Who else would it be? Who else have you told? <laughs> better not have told anybody. Look, you better have not told anything to anyone. Adam, tell me what's going on. Uh, uh, Lana. Lana. <laughs> you can't tell anyone. Also. You have to promise you keep this a secret. Also, as he's saying this. I cry blood. <laughs> as he's saying this, he's pulling some Dracula shit. He's bleeding from Lana's his eye. like, Adam, your eye, dude. Fix that. So does that mean, like, if he's legit, like, crying or trying to cry, that he cries blood? No, it happens all the time. <laughs> Dude, I would be freaking out if I just saw that in front of me. It's, like, it's fine. Listen, Lana, I'm good. Just do me a favor. Get out of my room. <laughs> you can't tell anyone about this because my life depends on it. All right, Lana, here's the door, bitch. <laughs> and she just takes it. He's in pain, and Lana walks away. Is like, um, okay, that Back was weird. Back to the door, <laughs> slow walking, like. Oh my god. Wanna kick him out, you idiot? What are you doing? <laughs> Can I trust him? I wonder if he's lying. So he did lie about being diabetic. She's the worst. That, so so he's really not diabetic. She starts like talking and thinking like him because she's just around him so much and he's such a moron. He went to the bathroom immediately after and started screaming in pain. <gasps> and then Lana walks away confused. Let's go to the Luther Mansion, mm. where our new duo are making an appearance together. And I'm not going to lie, Joseph, I'm kind of into them. Are you? Yeah. You yeah. like Lex and Chloe? 
I got two masterminds at work here. How can I not like this? Yeah, she's bringing more details on him. He's like, yeah. Um. Well, remember what I said last time before you get into it. Remember what I said about her filing the vial and him saying, you lock up when you're done. Mm -hmm. He knew that she would be he coming back. He's like, yes. okay, have fun in here. Just make sure you lock up. Yes. And of course, she did find something. She found, of course, the whole needles thing. She's telling that to Lex. And of course, now she took it to a pathologist. Is that what she said? This serum pathologist connect. Yes. God, this <laughs> is so ridiculous. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Nine years at the torch means that it's not ridiculous. And the other side of this is we a have damn now. A 17 year old at most is going up to a pathologist, like, yeah, hey, remember that time? Cool. Do it for me. Remember that time you were doing your secretary? She has walked in on everybody. We do you not see that her? That was one time. She opened everything. Every dark room that she could last episode when she was looking for Adam and shooting up his huh? arm. Sorry! <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> See? Yes, you remember. Chloe does that. So her looking and knowing a pathologist, I'm buying this, dude. Dude, maybe, maybe. Anyways, yeah, she tested it, and it's like freakier molecular makeup is nothing ever seen in any human or animal. It's and what is this? What are you thinking here? Because I was honestly thinking, yo... Could this be like Clark's blood being put to use at this point? No, I actually did not get that connection. Really? Because I, I figured, because remember, there, there was that time when they she, he was given the jar back from Morgan Edge. It's like, whatever happened to that? And that's completely fair. The only reason why I did not think that, I was kind of dumb with Adam. And good news is we find out what exactly happens. The reason why I say I'm dumb, I'm a little blinded where I thought Adam was his own character. Where I yeah. didn't get the connection of him having the blood because I didn't think there was any tie-in. That Adam was some type of freak on his own. That he is somehow dying on the inside because of maybe kryptonite. Those mm -hmm. cells were somehow experimented with him with some type of kryptonite mix. That's still where my head is gone. I did not get gotcha. the connection with the blood, what, but I love that you what, did. Yeah, what ticked me up on that was just uh, the, the molecular makeup thing. She says. Because, well, you know big words. I don't. Well, of course. No, I'm just saying that if it's never been seen in any human or animal or anything here on Earth, because kryptonite is there. They've tested that. There's definitely record of that. Fair points. There's definitely record of that. So at this point, it's like, okay, I'm thinking, what is out of this world? Oh, Clark. Clark is out of this world. Oh, wait, what happened? He gave out a jar of blood to a gangster. <laughs> yeah. It was in the mason jar, but who knows if it was contaminated or not. Maybe maybe Morgan Edge cut it with something else. <laughs> cut it with animal blood. Fucking cut it down and shit. <laughs> gotta pollute it. Dilute it. You gotta dilute this, man. Nah, dude. Whoever you remember, because he gave it to Lionel. Dude, he's no. making it blue. You're right, magic, bro. I, I'm gonna give you this. This is actually a very awesome connection from you. This is Joseph 1 Taylor 10. <laughs> so Stop. I'm really proud that you have made this connection because I'm buying that. Dude. His blood is already being used that quickly, but if that is the case, then who is behind Adam? Mm -hmm. And you're already saying that with him. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm thinking, because we had, the, of course, we're going to have the next appearance of that uh, doctor. Yes, well, yeah. let's not get Later. into that yet, because Lex is still shocked about the vial. He still can't believe it. Privacy laws don't seem to matter to you, huh, Miss Chloe? And she smiles, not when it's dealing with my friends and some type of freak that's living upstairs. And I also have to tie into this last episode. There's a lot of connections here with last episode. This is all Lex's fault now. Yeah. Lex told Lana, hey, 
just forgive him and let him live there. Yeah, but you like you said, I think, too, that he's probably just scheming. He wants him to stick around so he can find out more. But at least Chloe is curious and saying, I'm going to make sure he's not dangerous. Lex is just looking back on, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Yo, you really <laughs> found this pretty quick. Okay, yeah, sure. Find out more. And he even asked, well, is he dangerous? I don't know. But he was seeing a doctor twice a week. That doesn't seem abnormal, Chloe, when he's in a hospital. It is when it's not an MD. Dr. Tang is a professor in the biology department at Metropolis University. Have you followed up with anything about this? Him is a her. That's a great connection because we just talked about that right now. Dr. Tang is definitely known in the comics, DC Comics. And originally was a male. So Dr. Tang, I forgot first name. But yeah, Dr. Tang is a she this time. And of course, what do you have? The first appearance was that Man of Steel comic, right? Yeah, no, no. It's Man of Steel number five, where truly what Dr. Tang is known for is in the comics is not only the Chinese scientists, but also with Lex Luthor being able to hire Tang in order to study the cloning of cells. More specifically, the cloning of Superman cells. Mm -hmm. More specifically, Dr. Tang had his hands in the making of Bizarro. Yep. So now we are getting in so many connections, which also goes to your point that this has to be some sort of maybe Clark cells. Yep, exactly. And so that's, yeah, that's kind of what reaffirmed it right there. Because Dr. Tang is actually going to be that doctor. Oh, big Dr. Tang fan over there, huh? Yeah, dude, I love her. I love her so much. I love them. Sorry, they were both. Yeah, it's both. They were both. Come on. And also, though, Dr. Tang, big part of the Superman animated series as well. Was it yeah. was that was cool? That's very cool. Um, a lot of tie-ins with his character. Yeah, and this is the doctor that we saw Lionel give that blood to that she tested in the yes. car, that's, and that's who it was. And I always thought that that person was maybe hopefully Mercy, but instead it was Doctor Tang. Doctor Tang. Yep. Even better, actually. I'd rather have Doctor Tang. I think. Well, yeah, no, no, no. It, there's so much more of a connection now of why that person would just be sitting in the back of his car and him being like, "Test this." <laughs> And of course, Lex is like, have you mentioned any of this to Lana, Chloe? I don't want to say anything until I have all the facts. Let's keep it that way. Whoa. See, Lexus, And even Chloe's like, okay. Yeah, you guys got a weird little relationship going. But again, I like it. Two smart people. It's dangerous. They're just super scheming, bro. Let's get back to Fast and Furious, though. Oh, my God. Pete is racing down the highway in he's the not, middle of day. He's not day. even racing anyone. I know, but he's racing down. <laughs> And what does Clark Kent do? He decides to then zoom past and then step in front of the car. And then Pete starts freaking out. Dude, what are you doing right now? You could have totaled this car. It's not even mine. Dante allowed me to use this. Yep, Pete, you were actually almost going to be practically breaking the sound barrier with how fast you were going. (laughs) You need to be able to slow it down and stop trying to kill yourself. Everything you're doing right now is illegal. What are you, traffic cop? Kryptonite booster tanks, dude? Hey, you know what, Clark? If you don't know how to drive it, then it is dangerous. But I do. What? Strike four. Dude, I hate him so much. What is wrong with him? And then Clark is still yelling at him, no, it is dangerous. You know what? Are you just finally upset that I found something that I'm truly good at? What? And then Clark says, Pete, you're good at a lot of things. You whoop my ass at basketball all the time. What are you talking about? And then Pete says, 
Nuh-uh, you beat me with your powers. Well, that's not Clark's point here. Clark's not human. His point was you are good at things. Like you actually beat me when I'm like actually just being normal. And trying, trying. yeah, and I'm 6'5". Yeah. (laughs) And I can't beat you because your jump shot is awesome. And then Pete uses the powers thing against Clark. And that's what I mean that this is a jealousy and an ego that's never going to happen for you, Pete. Dude, this is so you. What? What? What, Me with Clark? Yeah, you're Pete. No, 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 no. Yeah. I would shoot myself up with Kryptonite. I'm getting powers. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what happens. I'm not racing no cars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I could die. Yeah, bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) But you saw that crowd last night, Clark. You heard them chanting my name. The boss. The boss. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) And for once in my life... I first feel, first time I feel like I get what you feel like every single day. I, I get, get to feel special. God, this is so... Clark pl- looks at Pete like, dude, come on. Pete, I'm not special. Come on. And also, Pete, I'm not special. Do you remember where I had to call you because I was crying in my cellar because I had a huge gigantic scar that was burning in my chest and my real father said you're going to be my slave and I don't know what he meant by that and I'm still scared to this day? Pete, what are you talking about? This is absolutely insane from him. He has no point to be able to prove, no leg to stand on. You know what? I finally have things that I'm able to do that I could never dream about. And you know what? I've always been walking in your shadow. Pete, that's not true. Clark, don't get me wrong. That's not a bad place to be. Huh? But I'm growing up. I'm realizing that I got my own talents. Pete, as your friend, I can't let you race. It's too dangerous. Clark, what are you going to do? you going to physically stop me every time I go to race? You know what? If I have to, I will. Now we got a long, deep stare from both of them. This is getting really intense right now. Pete is now, all right, fine, Clark. You win. I'll do what you say. I guess I'll just keep living vicariously through you. Pussy. Oh, yeah, by the way, I'm just going to say that in order to drive off right now. Because why would Clark believe him? And Clark does. And now Pete drives away and Clark is just standing there looking. Also, that's strike five and six for me. Dude, enough with the strikes. He's done. <laughs> I hate him. No, dude, it's three outs. It's three outs in an inning. So, in this case, he's already at two outs. So we still got three more strikes to go. Once he hits nine, then okay. He's gonna be at nine in like five minutes. <laughs> so he, oh. I still want to get to this. Uh, How do you like this man, bro? I, at this point, I don't know what he's talking about. There is a lot of points that he can't make here where even the dangers of Clark saying it's kryptonite juice, what are you even talking about? You know what that type of stuff is able to do. Pete trying to blow him off. I have control. What? You? What? You didn't even know that this stuff could do that. Yeah. You didn't know anything. When did you figure this out? Because this guy named Dante told you? What is Dante, your new boy? His name is Jason. No, I'm only calling him Dante. Jason Dante. Dante. I keep wanting to say Peter Dante. I just keep wanting to say Ben from Smart House or Luck of the Irish. That's the only thing I want to say. That's better than Dante. Yeah, actually. Actually, no, because he's, he's playing a dick. With, Real big tool. He's like Adam. Sorry, Chad. Yeah, come on. Can you please get him or Chatham? Chatham. Chatham is here. 
and he's going to stay forever. I mean, should we be acknowledging that Ian Summerholder has been in this as Adam for like what? It's been like five episodes now. Yeah, Adam's been in season three for quite a while. <sighs> and I think that maybe some of the problem of season three is I don't know what the point of his overall character has been. Yeah, I guess Except like, for if it's not about rebound. vampires, then it's just not going to work. So you've watched Vampire Diaries. No, I'm just saying that Ian found his thing to I do. I just got you. Called out, dude. Vampire Diary fan right here. You really want me to watch that show, huh? Yeah, I need somebody to tell me how it is. <laughs> it lasted for so long. I'm sure it has a big fan following. So you're saying... Even we- Michael this past weekend said, oh, hey, that's the guy from Vampire Diaries. <laughs> so what you're trying to tell me is that we're going to watch that next. All right. Hell no. Let's get to the hospital with John trying to find something on TV. He's so (laughs) bored. He's so bored, dude. Look at him. He's like looking. He's like, I've scrolled through these channels like three times already. Don't worry. Clark is here in order to provide some fun. Dad, I got something to play. Here's a checkerboard. I'm ready to go. They be playing checkers like that all the time? Clark, you've been here every night. Why don't you go have some fun with your friends? Come on, Dad. We both know I don't have friends. Clark, I'm being serious. Just because I'm here doesn't mean you have to be. Go hang out with Pete. Go to the movies. I'll watch TV. Oh, well, something's happening. All right. You two all right? Well, Pete has a new group of friends. And I don't know how to feel about that. He's hanging out with a different crowd lately. Uh, all right, come on, wait a minute. When you say different, do you mean wrong? You know what I mean, Papa. Without (laughs) realizing it, I think I've taken Pete for granted. What? No, No, Clark, no. This is not the taken for granted speech. John is now sitting there looking, saying, well, you and Pete have been friends since the sandbox, son. Maybe he's just going through some phase. As long as he's not getting himself into too much trouble, give it some time. Clark then looks at him and is like, thanks, Dad. But he's gotten himself into a lot of trouble. And except Clark does not say that and kind of lies to his dad. Kind of. It's like he is getting himself into trouble. He can't technically tell him exactly what it is. Why? Because then, yes, John would be like, okay, yes, that's very dangerous. You said what? He almost ran over Martha? Never allowed in my home again. I run over Martha. <laughs> JK. Did you say Lionel was near her? Mm. Did you get her another watch? <laughs> and now we go back to our... Your favorite f- scenes. This is Too Fast, Too Furious now. We show up, and of course, Pete's over here, and Jason's like, how'd it go, boss? Like, like I'm about to own the streets, bro. I'm about to own it for good, bro. Pete gets in his car, and now Dante gets in the window. It's like, all right, man, I'm going to need you to lose this one. Yeah, Jason's just like, hey, buddy, you're going to have to change the brakes here. Kind of maybe, sorry, he says shift gears. Got to shift gears here. Look, man, you're the best account he's truly seen since me, honestly. Now that means all the money's on you. So you're going to have to lose. Uh, yeah, Pete's really confused, not understanding what Dante is asking. I thought this stuff was all about racing and having fun and making friends. Um, no. Hell no. That's not what this is about. This is the beauty of racing, though. Dante style. <laughs> you know what? Like, why not at that point just Not do it? it? Yeah. Or, Wouldn't like, that be leave? legitimate? Like, yeah. he loses? You would leave that race yeah but you know why p can't because we got our racing hoe walking up to our car and giving me the wettest kiss i've ever had in my life 
not that you need this or anything, boss. And it turns out this is the girl at the starting line. Pete is going up against some white guy with a bandana. He's going to lose. <laughs> and now this girl goes up, pulls her bra out from her back pocket, okay. and says, racist! That is not a bra. <laughs> this is Tokyo Drift. And now she drops the bra, and then they go speeding. No, it's a flag. It's, Handkerchief. It's bandana. Yellow yeah. bandana. Yeah. We're going to get really on point. And of course, Pete's like... Could be used as a bra, he's like, though. <laughs> he's trying to avoid using the Nas, and he keeps breaking, so he's like 70, going 70 right now, and the guy's going maybe 90. Yeah. And of course, Pete's like, screw this, man. Immediately hits that green button, sprays the Nas, and it's going. Green flames again confirm that they're using the kryptonite, of course. And boom, Pete wins. He's going like over 100. Hey, if Dante wanted him to lose, wouldn't he just, you know, not soup him up with Nas this race? Um, if this was Dante's car, wouldn't he just take out the Nas? Yeah, man. Like, Jason's probably, like, biggest city here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's like, yeah, I get that Pete was kind of now crossing the lines here because Dante is running up to him. It's like, <gasps> you see my two goons behind me now that are double my age? They're going to whoop your ass unless you give me my money that I just lost. What do you think? This is some kind of a joke? Dude, get over it. It's only a little bit of money. It was $20,000. What? So he himself had bet against Pete. Yes. He's a moron. He's the biggest idiot, and it's because all the money was on the on Pete, so he thought he'd be able to fool everybody and then be able to recuperate all of that money. I think we have a good jackass here. Um, again, all he had to do was take out the Nas. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm missing here with that point, if he really wanted him to lose, but what... Dante, luck of the Irish, does tell him, listen, I need you to give me the keys, and you're going to give me that $20,000, or I'm going to find you, and I'm going to kill you. Uh, but what if I can't find the $20,000? I just told you I'm going to kill you. So you're going to do this. The only car you're ever going to be driving in is a hearse. Oh, dude, this guy sucks. This guy sucks. Pete just trying to be like, hey, man, sorry about the whole cheating thing, but I, I can't do that, man. Like, like, you hey, know, you know, it would be great, though, instead of Pete panicking right now. You know how we solve this. All right, man. Fine. I'll come next week and I'll lose the race. <laughs> All money's back. Yeah. Why can't we just race tomorrow? Why can't we just do it again? Yeah. Double or nothing. What am I missing right now, Joseph? There seems to be a lot of ideas here that we could have done in order to avoid everything that else happens this episode. This episode should have been 15 minutes. <laughs> but no, it has to be about the boss, Ross. Let's go Anyways, to the hospital for the most awkward scene I've ever punch seen. Punch card visit number 40. <laughs> look, look at the scene, man. Clark is walking out from his dad's room. We have... Lana's coming in here with some fucking balloons. <laughs> She's coming here with some balloons. And this is the weirdest convo, dude. Like, what do you have to say about this? Because it's like she's standing there with balloons like they're for a five-year-old. And she's going to go. And she just and Clark's leaving. He's like, well, I got to go. And it's like Lana is just so hurt and crying and wants to tell him so bad what's going on. Hey, uh, Joseph, 
that was one of the worst piece of crap scenes on planet Earth, and that was what I like to call just some force scene that I was supposed to have to watch in order for Clark and Lana to interact this episode, because otherwise there was zero point of it, of her walking in being like, oh, they ran out of teddy bears. I think he's going to love it. Don't even worry. I think this is great. Oh, I really want to tell you about my problems with Adam, but I'm not <laughs> going to right now, but it was great seeing you. I was hoping I would see you. Do you want to hear about Adam? I don't know what the point of this scene was besides making this awkward between them. Yeah, very awkward. And it's just like, dude. And of course she tells uh, or he goes, yeah, my dad will love him. I don't think John is going to love them. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think John is going to be able to love any of those balloons that she provided for him. Because why would why would he? Is that really what John wants right now, Lana? <laughs> no, no. He's so bored. John is bored. He's going to play with them in the room. Exactly. He's just wanting something that's going to be able to keep him entertained. Instead, great, Lana's here with balloons. I got to be nice. Damn it, Clark. Why don't you stop her? <laughs> so now when it comes to having that awkward scene ended, besides that being filler, because are they in another scene together? Ooh, uh, this episode, Lana and Clark? I don't think they are, which is why I think that was the only purpose to be able to show us that, right? Well, yeah, just to really show that Lana's, like, dying without him. She needs him so bad. So God! Lana, why are you such a little bitch? So what is this, then? Is Lana not wanting to tell Clark in order to be like, I don't want him to think like I need him? Or is it something else where I don't want to admit that I was wrong because, of course, another guy that I chose turned out to be a big piece of shit? Yeah, dude, because she really picks him right. Uh, She picks nobody right. And even when the moment that Adam's eye starts to look like it bursted and bleed, I would immediately be like, get out. We're done. Yeah, you're crying, blood. Get out of my face. But I do now want to get to the next scene with Lex then walking into an office. Yeah. Walks into the office, and of course it looks like a biology office because, oh, look at the wall behind him. And it's got oh, all these pictures of cells. Those are cells. <laughs> and Lex is like, Dr. Tang. He's like, uh, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but my office hours are until 5 p.m. I'm not a student. I'm Lex Luthor. And she goes, am I supposed to be impressed? Even the chancellor makes an appointment with me. Before interrupting my work. What? Oh. And then, uh, of course, Lex drops in the bomb here. Uh, I heard you'd like to play doctor, though. So can I get a checkup? (laughs) Have you noticed the weird sexual detection between them? Oh, you thought there was sexual tension? No, are you serious? I didn't actually pick up on this. That's one, bro. Look at this. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm actually really interested in what you got here. Dude, this is ridiculous. (laughs) It's so weird. So Lex, yeah, first off, he could have stopped at just, oh, I heard you like to play doctor. So check up on any patients lately. And then that would be like, okay, you must be talking about Adam. But no, he says, think I could get a checkup? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so wait. And then look at her little smile there. That was a sarcastic smile. I don't give physicals, Mr. Luther. Bro, you saw how she said that and looked at him. No. I she th- turned, she's like, <laughs> I don't give physicals, Mr. Luther. <laughs> that's not what Bro, she- that's exactly how she just said it. You cannot deny that. I'm going to deny some of that. I'll that is, dude, you're crazy. Nor do I see any patients. I'm a research scientist, bitch. And Lex is like, what about Adam Knight, bro? Isn't he a patient? 
I I told you I don't I don't know. I just face don't immediately changes her expression, dude. <laughs> I just don't understand why a renowned molecular biologist such as yourself would decide to stay in such a small town working at a university. Um, funnels are not just for a university. I actually am able to do the research that I love. I love this work. Can you excuse me? Thanks. Yeah, you can't come in here and interrogate me. And then she goes over and starts sitting down with her rats. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my rats are next. And Lex is like, so how about using unknown blood platelets for like unknown things or whatever? No, I'm, you know, I'm just really fascinated with the mysteries of hematology for quite some time. And now she is looking at him very starstruck. Next time, I'll be sure to make an appointment. I don't want to interrupt the moment of your inspiration. Because, mm, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be back like to get answers. Like, I'll get answers from you. But it's like, oh, that bald head looks so good. I didn't get that sexual attention. I didn't um, get that at no, all. No, because it's going to continue. That's not just it. Though. Okay, all right. You know what? That's now not I'm... just it. But you, you're stupid for not thinking after that physicals line, dude. How dare you call me stupid? You no. know what? Maybe that's why I never understood why the women would, like, be hitting on me. I never picked up and on those And that's cues. why they thought you were gay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it all it's makes all sense. making sense. <laughs> <laughs> I got all of it now connected together. You can't together. even read that sexual tension, dude. I got you don't nothing. like Asians, huh? <laughs> like, oh, do I need to make an appointment with somebody else then? You don't do physicals? <laughs> oh, oh. I, thought, I thought you were an actual doctor. Oh. Like, Adam's pretty extraordinary, so I figured, you know, I have high blood white cells, or white blood cells. <laughs> I have high white blood cells. Do, do you know how high my count is, doctor? Like, I'm pretty special. <laughs> you think Adam's special? I'm pretty special. All right, I, I missed those cues. <laughs> and, of course, at the hospital now, again, 41st time for Clark, we have him. Uh, Pete just walked out of John's room, said hi to him, visited. And, of course, Clark's like, oh, dude, so nice for you to stop by. It's like, you know. And Pete's like, well, I've known your dad as long as I've known mine pretty much. So it's like, of course I'm going to come by. And But, yeah, he's doing good. Looks like he's doing good. Clark re reiterates that. Your dad's the strongest guy that I know, man. He's going to be all right. Dude. Thanks, Pete. Everything's great. I love you, man. I better I, I better get going. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, time for, it's time for me to be a dick. Peter, are you okay? You, you don't need me to be adding to what you got going on with your new life. Pete, come on. He's like shouting in the hallway of this hospital. <laughs> Oh, it's just Clark Kent, everyone. Don't mind him. Dante asked me to throw a race, and I didn't do it. Now he's trying to kill me. I pay him the money, or or I'm dead, Clark. How much is it? It's $20,000. <gasps> I love Clark's Great! face. <laughs> I love Clark's face after that. He says, $20,000. He's like, what the fuck? Dude, why didn't you stop when I said... That's all he's thinking. He's like, God damn it, Pete. By the way, Pete didn't even come to say sorry. No. Pete didn't come to say you were right. He's like, you're right. I'm out 20 Gs. Oh. <laughs> That's great. And now he wants to kill me. I don't think I was right here then. <laughs> it's like, Clark, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. And of course, Clark's like trying to think of things. And he looks, okay, you're just going to lay low for now. All right. And I'll figure something out. And dude. Okay. Thanks, Clark. I trust you, man. Yeah, way to rely on Clark, you piece of shit. And now let's go into Clark breaking and entering. 
back to the old school days of him now walking into the Tokyo Drift garage. Now Clark is having to look for something, I don't know what, in order for him to be able to get Pete to be innocent. I don't know what Clark is doing in the garage, but he's looking for something. He's he looking for dirt. Does his x-ray vision, and what does he find? He finds an entire cabinet full of license plates, and he says, got him, bitch. Clark. No. Yeah. This is it? That's it. That's all you can Man, look at these license plates. I got them. I got them. This one right here is that we're going to the torch at Smallville High, and this is where Clark and Chloe are doing their little investigations of the license plates. And now they are trying to see exactly what would occur. Chloe is even asking, what exactly makes you so interested in this story? You know how it is, Chloe. Once you get to the source or once you get to a story where all you want to do is find out what the bottom of it is, that's where your journalistic instincts just kick in. Um, Clark, I think this all has to do with Pete the Boss Ross. <laughs> yeah, and of course Clark's like, oh, yeah, I I guess that's true. Listen, I understand you're protecting your source on who told you about these license plates, but every single time there seems to be a checkered red flag. Listen, so it's essentially Chloe now explaining to Clark, you of all people should know that you should be able to trust your friends, even if they're sometimes doing something reckless. Keeping a secret hurts more than ever than it helps at times. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's all I said is it's like, this is a friend of mine, and if he's risking his life like this, you need to get me involved, okay? So how about this? He's not going to listen to me, or sorry, he, Pete might listen to me, but probably more than you because of uh, the sibling rivalry, and Clark's like offended. What are you talking about? It's like, okay, you got to understand, it's like you're the older brother almost, and it's, you're, you know, you're trying to get him out of it, being irresponsible, but maybe he'll listen to me who's truly just a friend. Well, and what Chloe is explaining to Clark is that there is jealousy now coming from Pete's end, and that Clark hasn't been able to realize that, so somebody else trying to talk Pete out of it would be able to work. I just still don't get the connection. And that's what still throws me off, where Clark is like even surprised by it. Like, yeah, Pete is my really good friend, but even what we've seen this season with these episodes, Pete hasn't always been there. Dude. Pete's off doing his own thing all the time. Thanks. Thanks for saying that because, yeah, we didn't need him. Well, at this point, if he's now going to be using that all against Clark, being like, that's why I'm not hanging out with you because you're just an older brother to me now, and that's why I am just get jealous all the time because you're better at everything, and I know things that other people don't, and I have to keep them. Pizza crybaby. This is a lot of crybaby stuff. This sounds a lot like Lana here, but Chloe does then get that hit that she has put in the computer for the license plates. VIN numbers are all stolen. And now Clark says, got him, bitch. He makes the phone call to the sheriff's office and says, hey, guys, here's another anonymous tip from yours truly, Clark Kent. Yeah, I'm the Lord. Listen to me. Of course, Jason Dante's here. He's at his shop. He's doing some well welding or something i don't know what he's doing but he's fixing up his cars in order to get ready for the next race yeah and so the sheriff raids in 
then cuts to Sheriff going to Clark at his house. He's like, you only took eight deputies and four cruisers to discover that that barn was as clean as my grandma's pantry. That couldn't be. I saw those license plate myself. Listen, young blood. We saw all those cars, and none of the VIN numbers were anything like you ever sent us. That's impossible, Sheriff. Your information is as accurate as the local weatherman. She says, as usual, too. And as usual, your information's incorrect. But she doesn't throw him under the bus. Instead, she says, but I'm going to cut you some slack this time because I've been after Dante for quite some time. Yeah, he doesn't have the blonde hair. Uh, so, or blue eyes. So, Sheriff... And he's he's messing around with Pete, dude. You know she's angry. And it's... <laughs> Pete's ours. And do you <laughs> think that with this... That's so Dante is well known for what organizing in street races or was it because of strictly that asthma attack he caused that was probably put him on the radar yeah, put him on the radar we got to watch this kid dude he's a racer oh my god like dude. think about the connection yeah, he's been on the radar because I guess he, I guess really he's probably is part of the racing scene or something legal scene rumors always been accusations or something maybe even accidents and by the way she does tell him though next time that you say that there's a storm ruin, Mr. Kent, there better be some rain that follows. Good one, Sheriff Adams. <laughs> Clark, Clark, even then, when she walks out, goes, wait, so thunderstorms cause rain? Yeah. Rain cause thunderstorms. Is it going to rain today? I'm going to go to my barn and smoke one. Should I put a jacket on? <laughs> yeah, so he leaves his house and goes to the barn. Looks like he's about to study. And he's, of course, being interrupted because, oh, Pete just stepped out of the shadows in the barn. And Clark turns around like, huh, Pete? And Pete walks up and he is all beaten and bloodied up, dude. What happened to you, Pete? Dante thought I was the one that called the sheriff. It was you. Oh, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Dante knew about the raid because he has one of the deputies in his pocket, man. Hey, Pete, this would have been great to know. Yeah. This would have been awesome if you would have told me these things before you asked me for help. You know when you want to share details to friends in order for them to be yeah, able to help Yeah, he asked for help, and he actually tried to help, and it's like, this, you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> you're mad because you didn't give me all the details? Like, Pete, you, de- you kind of technically snitched. So, uh, I just... So, I just snitch too and i want to make sure i understand joseph pete expected clark to just go and kill dante i think so like that's what clark does he's like break his legs or something yeah like when break is, his hands he'll never drive again when has clark ever done this what is going on with pete's decision making in this he thinks clark is somebody he is not he also thinks that clark is gonna do things that he would never do you know he could always go with the coma thing you know put him in a coma we'll never see him again yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Shout out my boy Cyrus and S- Seth, Sarah. Seth Nelson. Oh, I thought you said Sarah because Sarah was in a coma thanks to her uncle. Well, th- that wasn't Clark's fault. Yeah, but Clark unleashed... Clark actually woke someone up this time. But he unleashed a villain on the world. Mm. Yes. But seriously, I'm not going to lie. Pete 
once again, this is strike nine. So, yes, he is out all the way around. I hate him. Uh, yeah, he's the worst. It's like, and Clark's like, whoa, that's why he never gets busted, man. Pete, let's get you cleaned up. Clark, I'll be fine. I just need you to get me that 20000 What, it's Pete, like, how am I going to come up with that money, man? Go Cal on an ATM machine? Who the fuck do you think you are, you sick son of a bitch? Bro, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Immediately after he tried to help you and you got beat up for it, but you shouldn't have been there in the first place because Clark warned you not to do it again. And then the next time you did it, you owe 20000 But you're going to be like, get off me. Where are my 20000 Clark? <laughs> Run up the ATM machine, Cal. Pete is the worst friend. He is the worst person in this season. Get kicked off. Get kicked off. Um, I think Shaggy is going to have to take a break from the gang because I am very upset that he decides to then try to abuse Clark's powers Yeah, that he said that he would never do. And at this point, with all of Pete threatening to tell the secret, he's given him red kryptonite before. And he knows the background of red kryptonite. This man was gone for three months off of it. And he tells him to use it? Yeah, and he's like, I can't do that. And Pete's looking at him like, you don't get it, man. What? No, no, no. No, I you think... You don't get it. I think Clark understands fully. Hey, do I have to remind you? I had a scar that was burned into my chest, thanks to my father. You know what he would do as soon as he puts that ring on? Yeah, he would probably kill Pete. He's going to say, screw Pete. Yeah. I'm going to go bang Lana. <laughs> And kill Adam. Uh, no. Well, okay. He would probably go and beat up Adam. That would be funny to watch. But I think he would just go back to Metropolis. Bro, Metropolis is Cal's home. That's where he can be Cal. Metro Clark. He already has that bar lined up. He's going to go hang out with that bartender again and tip him hundreds. Metro Cal. Also, I hate Pete. So let's go back to where Pete now says Dante is a psycho man. He told me he's going to kill my parents first. And then if I still don't pay, he's going to come after me. Well, if he kills your parents, then I'm pretty sure he's going down for murder. Yeah. So, you could testify. Pete, I'm sorry. Why don't you kill him? <laughs> hey, let's not kill him. You're already doing something illegal, so... Say say you work with the cops, right? And you put on a wire, maybe, and set them up. Let's go back to my original plan. What if we decide to just race next week, and we put all the money on me again, and then I lose? Then I don't have to get beaten up again. And then I don't have to ask Clark. Yeah. And all problems are solved. Yeah. Pete had a lot of ideas that could have happened, and instead he chose... Put on the red kryptonite, bitch. I mean, technically, this is all Jason's fault because all he could have done was not bet on Pete to uh, lose. Yeah, listen, Pete could just be happily racing, winning Jason money. Yeah, but once you get too greedy, because also he probably was approaching his own record. Like 10-0 <sighs> and 0 or something, and Jason was like, I can't have that. <sighs> no one's going to beat my record. You never had me. <laughs> But Clark does then say, come on, man. You know that I would never allow anything to happen to your parents. Plus, I just, I'm not going to break the law. That's ever stopped you before. We've gone Watergate on so many buildings before. And now that I'm it's the one like, that yeah, needs but, help. Yeah, but those people needed help. It's like, I need help. Now it's my turn. You don't want to be there for me. 
And he's literally crying in front of him. Clark, if you beat him up, he's just going to come after us later. You gotta kill him! <laughs> of course oh. you're not going to kill him, so let's face it. You can't be on Secret Service detail forever. What does he want Clark to do? He just called Clark his bodyguard. I gotta put it into this. He just called Clark his bodyguard. There's gotta be another way. Clark, it's my family we're talking about. Um. Yeah. If you don't give me the cash, we're dead. No, no, no. No, no, no. We're, we're not dead. No, I think he means we as in my family. No, no, no. I'm not gonna let him touch your family. But you. You right now, Pete. I'm gonna probably let him touch you. <laughs> Guys, you already did. Yeah, but not enough. We're going to have to break your leg at this point. I am not okay with Pete ever saying the things that he just said to Clark. Why can't we for real, like, as Clark, like, I'm sorry, like, to help my friends? Uh, yeah, I don't have to kill anyone, but I will go break someone's fucking leg. I also don't understand why Clark couldn't put on a mask as well. Whenever he did those things, like what we talked about, if he were to act like Bruce Wayne from Mask of the Phantasm when he was first starting, like that's something that I would be really into. If Clark were to just get that mask back from Metropolis and start doing this ass whooping in Smallville to guys like Dante, then Pete wouldn't be bloodied up all the time. I just. He could easily scare people. Clark, it, like, put on a mask real quick and just, like, go speed run and terrify someone. I think he, Pete was worse in that scene than anything Alexa said. Yeah. As far as being able to abuse Clark's powers, even when he knew in the earlier episodes with Asylum, it's like Lex would ask him to break out of the Asylum. And maybe in the comic book he did mention that, yeah, I can be able to guide him and show him how to use things. Sure, that was a little bit pushing it, but Pete saying that, Clark, you're just my bodyguard, put on the red ring, just do it break things do be break the law be an atm for me just do anything you can come on it's me yeah that's selfish yeah pete the selfish ross oh, yeah i like that and clark walks into the mansion next and of course lex is like hey clark you're just catching me right before i'm leaving man it's like hey did your dad enjoy the dvd player oh lex sent his dad a dvd player john was bored John was super bored. So Lex. And he said, thank God, Westerns? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lex. Yeah. Whole box set of John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Clark is saying, look, dude, I know you've done a big favor for me already, and but I need an even bigger one. He's like, what's up? I need 20000 He's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty big. You mind telling me what the hell that's for? My friend got mixed up with the wrong crowd, and now they're making him pay for it. I love what he says. Is this old proverbial friend who happens to be you? He's Believe like, me, if that was the case, this would be a lot easier. I'd be breaking skulls. <laughs> Clark, you were on a good streak this yeah, whole episode. you were dude. actually on a point for the and whole time. And the last thing you need to tell someone like Lex <laughs> is that weird little subliminal message is, oh, no, if it was me, man, I wouldn't even be here. It's like, <laughs> wait, so sorry. If this was you and you needed 20000 I was going to say, if you needed the 20K. You wouldn't need me? Where would you get Where would you get that, Clark? And I'd be questioning. Why isn't Lex questioning that? Um, I would at least be thinking about it on his helicopter ride over to work. That was a big slip. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that was so big. When I first watched it, I was like, Clark, you really don't understand the things you say sometimes. You're worried about other people telling your secret? 
You're just throwing stuff just, out there like that? You're just telling everybody. Trust me, dude. I could easily get 20000 You're running in front of everybody at school, and now you're just blatantly saying things in front of Lex. Clark, yeah. we were on actually a good path with you this episode, and now you're wanting me to take back some things I've said. Yeah. Don't make me do this. And, of course, Lex is really just looking. It's like, well, tell your friend that, uh, in my experience, money-hungry thugs are like stray dogs. You feed them, but they'll keep coming back every night asking for more. And it's like, yeah, that's probably the Jason Dante type. Lex, come on. I need it. Unfortunately, I don't think my friend has a choice. They're threatening to kill him. Um, Mi- Excuse me, Mr. Luther. Chopper is waiting for you. Yeah. And, of course, Lex is like, be careful, man. That's all I can say. He grabs his coat. He then walks towards his chopper. Lex is now gone. Clark then sees the coat rack, looks down, and decides, are those Lex's Porsche's keys? Hello, Joyride! (laughs) Jesus, dude. And now we are him driving to the barn inside of Lex's Porsche, and now we are seeing him pulling up where Pete decides to walk out of the barn and says, hey... Is that mine? Dude. What the fuck is the matter with this guy? (sighs) I got your 20K right here, Pete. This car is worth more than that. Lex gave it to you? He's like, no, not really. You You stole stole it? it? After after you plan on challenging Dante, I plan to return it back. If he wins, the Porsche hits. If you win, your debt is settled. Whole problem is as fast as this thing moves it, can't stand a chance versus Dante's car. No, 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 no. This is the prize. You're going to race in Dante's car, and I'm confident you're going to win. No, 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 Clark. Dante has never lost a race. No, I guarantee, Pete, that he is going to lose this race because I'm going to heat vision his canisters, and he's not going to be able to go anywhere. Oh, Clark, this last-minute tune-up plan is badass. Okay. <laughs> He's out of his damn mind. Dude, I would beat the living shit out of Pete. <laughs> he's like, he's like, whoa, Clark, you're awesome, man. Last minute tune-up, dude. You, you're gonna fry his engine, dude. That's crazy. Clark's like, I'm really glad you're happy, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking hit you. Dude. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you. Just leave, so I can go fry some engine real quick. He's like, now I've I've cheat I've stolen for you. I have to cheat for you. Dude, let's like, just get this done, man. I'm actually kind of tired of you. And that's how the scene ends between them. Yeah. We are now cutting to the next scene where Dante's in his garage. They're showing off the Porsche. Dante's in. It's like, hell yeah, we got a deal, dudes. You got quite a pair of lug nuts on this, man. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, take the Porsche down <laughs> to the starting line, all right? I'll see you later. Also, give me that ass. Mm. <laughs> So, yeah, we're at that garage, right? Jason Dante's garage, and he's checking out that Porsche, but it's like... What? That girl was the one that kissed Pete, right? Yeah. And so she's just... Is she just the racing whore? Yeah. (laughs) I told you that. That's why you didn't want me to say she pulled out her bra, but guess what? This is her. Baby, take the Porsche to the starting line. I'll see you there. Right in front of Pete and is like, and Clark's like looking away. Clark's looking away like awkward, and Pete's just looking at him. No, he's. I think he's truly thinking. He's like, God, what a douche. (laughs) Pete's like, Yo, that's my girl. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How do I know she's not gonna drive off with it? Give me back them keys. I'll drive it down, and they ride together. 
Because, yeah, she's going to give him a handy on the way to the starting line. Clark, keep an eye on that Mustang. Make sure that everything is good to go. Clark is now looking at Dante. Look at the Irish. He is looking back at him, smiling, biting that lower lip. Pete and this girl now get into the Porsche, drive off from the barn, so they are now exiting the scene. She is literally giving him a handy right now. Yeah, I was going to say that's the only reason why Pete wanted to drive it back down. Dude, I haven't gotten action in like two weeks. I've been stressed. Tell me you don't love him. Tell me you don't love him. Oh, tell me you don't love him. Hey, just pretend I'm Dante. Look, he may be luck of the Irish, but baby, I'm black. And the boss. It would be awesome if she responded, yeah, but he just won a house. (laughs) What if she was like, yes, boss. Yes, boss. No, boss. But by the way, racing whore. (laughs) Racing whore. Dante walks away into the back of the shop while Clark is still there. Remember, Remember Midnight Club, dude? She's the Midnight Club whore. Like the the racing game, Midnight Club? (laughs) She's talking about for like the PlayStation 2. Midnight Club 3, Racing Whore. (laughs) You're not in the car. You're not racing. You only play as her. (laughs) Who am I getting tonight? Yo, three in one night. You're on a hot streak. She's the winner or the loser. You promised the loser this, but you get a lot of with the winner. <laughs> More money with the winner gives you a bigger apartment. <laughs> Anytime you mess up, it's like, oh, man, damn. And then it's like when you win, like, cha-ching, like all these dollar bill sounds. Oh. All right, Racing whore, dope. Uh, make a call to Rockstar for us, please. The racing hoe. <laughs> and so as Clark's about to dip out, he's actually overhearing... Peter, or sorry, I Dante. keep saying Peter. Jason Dante just going over once with his mechanic, I guess. He's like, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, but he's like yelling this across the garage, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he only he's just knew- having a normal conversation. Yeah, he's 10 feet over from where Clark is. He is really right there. There doesn't have to be much power being used. <laughs> and what is, of course, uh, Jason telling him? He's like, yeah, rig Pete's car. So, look, Clark the kid's not even going to. three feet, by the way. <laughs> he, he walked over like three steps to it. Hey, I heard everything. I heard everything you said you rigged his car it's gonna blow up and it's gonna bomb in the engine and of course jason's like uh and who made you racing commissioner of course there's other mechanics lifting up the nas tube or canister because it has the kryptonite in it and of course clark's week gets hit in the head with it and now he's knocked out hey um joseph once again we were building clark up this episode and now you knew they were using kryptonite clark did you he? knew kryptonite was in the garage because it's obviously used to mix with their no Nas. remember he didn't know their nas has been used for the kryptonite it's in the garage but clark didn't know remember pete distract him at the beginning what do you mean he distracted at the beginning he came back and used his x-ray vision instead he's just looking for nope, license plates. he only found the license plates. <laughs> that's what i mean it's like you could have used and you could have looked because you seen kryptonite in the car Who's worse? Uh, was it? Uh, he was also told Kryptonite was being used. Was it? Damn, who was that dude's name? Baseball. Was his name Sean too? Yeah, I think it was Sean. Damn. Anyway, who's worse? That that guy and his group of people, or this guy and their group. Of Dante's people? worse. You think so? Yeah. I mean, those other guys put him in the furnace. Yeah, no, no, no. But they were actually making. They they were biologists with what they were making in order biologists? to shoot up. 
like their own asthma canisters into their body in order to hit the perfect ball. Dante is using it to trick high school kids to then make out with his girlfriend. I don't think that's his girl. It's the racing hoe. <laughs> okay. It's his racing hoe, his racing club. So Dante just I guarantee you those mechanics have had a row. Oh, my God. Guarantee it. This is... I love her, too. It's a weird club. <laughs> I love this club. But, but Dante it... does say before that scene ends, put him in the back of the trunk. Yeah. What the hell? And so, of course, now Jason's at the racing starting line with Pete. Pete's like, where's Clark? Uh, I don't know. I thought he was here already. I was like, okay. We then are shot with the scene where Clark is in the trunk of Pete's car. Also, if Pete was that good of a racer, he'd be like, why does it feel like 200 pounds is added to my car? He would feel it when he's driving, for sure. He would feel some type feel of weight that is Actually, there. Actually, it's already so low in the car, it would definitely That's be what skidding. That's I mean. There would be something that you feel Clark, here. we all know, is a heavy kid. He's huge. They say stop eating the pies, fatty. <laughs> Yeah, naturally he's heavy. Yeah. That car would be skidding. Thank doing you. Doing sparks. And so yeah, Clark's in the trunk and he can't he's weak still because the kryptonite's in there, the the Nas. And of course, <laughs> P, uh Jason looks at Pete and he's like, "Good luck, man." Good luck, boss. <laughs> yeah, good luck, boss. And of course, the racing girl whore is now in her heels on the street It's doing wet a, too. Yeah, and it's wet. And so, of course, <laughs> they're now racing. She takes the bra. She drops Stop. the bra. Cards go. Now we're getting the speed demons. This is going to be the dumbest scene known to man. No, no, no. Here. Best scene of all time no, no, here. No, they're racing, right? And so Pete is going. He's barely hitting like 60. Well, remember, if he hits 100, car blows up. Car blows up on 100 on the odometer. Jason is keeping up head-to-head -head with him, pretty much. But he knows Pete as that bomb. So... At this point, Pete's still trying to increase speed. He's at around 80 now. And he's looking at Jason. He's like, damn it. All right, well, got to use the Nas right away. Why does he have to use it right away? It also seems like a rookie kind of move to yeah. do right now. This is too early. It was the same thing with Brian in the exactly. first one, dude. Exactly, and then you get burned in, in the, the first end. Fast and Furious. Like, dude, burned it out. Boom, green flame going. He's immediately approaching 95. And then... Jason's even slowing down a bit like, <laughs> cool, he's about to blow up. Once he hits that 100 miles per hour, we got him. But before that he hits that 100, we're at 96. The kryptonite has now run out from the canister. We see it because Clark is still in that damn trunk. Pete then hits it. All of a sudden, we're going 98 miles an hour. We're about to approach that 100. 99, Clark punches a hole in the trunk. Gas leaks everywhere. And now we're getting crazy. Are, are we for sure that's gas? Or if it's some type of liquid from the vehicle. Anyway, yeah, it's like a shit ton. It looks like a bucket of water. Like, maybe two buckets. Soap water. Yeah, something like that. And so it immediately leaks out, and the fluids are getting out, and Pete can't go anymore. It's immediately slowing down. And he's like, what the hell? And, of course, Jason's noticing what's that, and he, like, swerves into the water, <laughs> the gas on the road. So Pete... It, it looked dry. Pete didn't hit 100. Dante slowed down, so he's probably going about 50, 50 miles. I think he was maybe going like 60 or 70. I'd give it 60, 65. Okay. I'm not going to 70 there because the moment he then sees the liquid come out of Pete's car, he's like, I need to get in that. Yeah. <laughs> he turns into it, and then all of a sudden he's swerving everywhere. <laughs> it's like a bomb. Who had the bomb in the car? Because Jason is swerving, and on his little second swerve, it just immediately pops up Boom. and blows. 
and it's like oh and he's and he's just spinning uncontrollably like boom tossing over boom 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 car wreck crazy and pete's looking in the rearview mirror going he's dead yo like what the hell but when pete stops and gets out he's right behind him he still doesn't know what's going on. We see Dante's face now up against the windshield. There's blood, blood There's on blood. the windshield. Yeah, he's dead. Clark then comes out of the trunk and says, what happened? Yeah, Clark gets <laughs> out. It's like, and then Pete's like, oh, my God, I think he's dead. Well, at least our problems are solved, Pete. <laughs> Clark's not even that bummed no. at all. Pete he's is- like, well, that's unfortunate, but. Pete's um, freaking out, not knowing what to do right now. Clark's like, come on, man. You haven't seen a dead body? Chloe and I have seen like $8 million by this point. Uh, so now the scene ends where we are on our commercial break. So how they explain that to the cops? Um, We don't. It's racing. Right. So we just leave the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't do anything. We just get out of there. Yeah. And, but we call 911 first, and we say, this is a Clark Kent anonymous tip. There was street racing, and one of the cars exploded. Hey, yeah, Clark Kent. Give me Adams. Oh, by the way. If I'm Sheriff Adams and Clark gave me a tip about him and then I went to that garage and then it turns out that that tip was a lie and then I went to Clark's house and I told him that tip was a lie and then later on that day Dante ends up dying, I'm probably going to think, I think Clark Kent did this. (laughs) No, 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 no. Clark Kent, innocent, dude. Polygraph test, dude. It wouldn't work on him. Do you think that Sheriff Adams then said that out loud in the office where she goes, Wait, did Clark have anything to do with this? All the other deputies. Whoa! Sheriff, this is this is his town. We don't talk about Clark here <laughs> unless he's here. You don't say his name out loud. You do know he can hear us. There's a sign. Don't say Clark. He lives like 12 miles from here. You can still hear what we're talking about. <laughs> I'm surprised he's not here already. By the way, do you know that he has Bakugan? <laughs> oh, my and He can see through. Bakugan. All right, so here we go. We got a return of Dr. Tang at the mansion. And, of course, she just barges in, and Lex is like, Oh, hey, good to see you there. It's like, yeah, I thought you would have... I thought, Wait, you know... You got to be able to explain this chemistry here. Oh, I will. All right. <laughs> oh, I will, because I'm going to go back a little bit now. <laughs> and we got to make sure we're doing this word for this, word here. Yeah, I need this. Yeah, I want to know. Because it's real. It's real, okay? She barges in, right? I thought you didn't do house calls, Dr. <laughs> Tang. <laughs> no, it's not it. That's not it. That's just the start, of course. I'm just going play by play here. It's like, hey, thanks to you, university is threatening to revoke my tenure. My funding has been cut off. And uh, Lex is like, I suppose those are the con- uh, consequences of doing what you were doing without bothering to let your own university, let alone the FDA, know about it. And she's just silent. You're lucky no federal charges have been pressed. But then again, that could simply be a matter of time. (laughs) What exactly is it that you want, Lex? I want you to do what you do best, doctor. And that's to be my doctor. (laughs) That's not what he says. That's not what he says. Biology. Biology. He says biology, yes. He says biology. It's like, how do you suggest I do that? The university won't even let me inside the building. I'm going to fund your research, doctor. Consider your budget doubled. And you'll have access to whatever equipment you require. As long as you tell me where the platelets come from and what you're using them for. And man, look at her. She's so into it, dude. She wants that deal, bro. Okay, that's not what she was into. There was no sexual chemistry whatsoever. Oh, no, there was sexual chemistry in the first part. Okay. That part was just like she just came at that offer. 
<laughs> okay, there is no way I'm buying this because instead it's her being terrified because of who her boss is where we already know it is Lionel Luther. But I want you to tell me something right now. All right, what do you got? <laughs> She's a scientist, right? Yeah. And known to them, they don't have lives. They don't have social lives. <laughs> Wait, they 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 have medical friends and professional friends. So they don't have time for that romantic life, that romantic aspect. And so you have this guy, Lex. Yeah. Rich, who's obviously into science here, funding it, but also he's well known to be a fan of their culture, Asian culture. <laughs> Oh my god. And you're about to tell me right now that Lex not about that right now. He probably has brainwave in his basement. Dr. Tang, I know I just gave you the greatest offer ever, but check out this sword on my wall. He doesn't need her because he has brainwave. Check out this sword on my and wall. And Dr. Tang is going to look at it and say, this is fake, dumbass. And then meet my assistant, Wei Poi. <laughs> he brings us the tea. Ray Wen. Hey, Ray Wen. Good tea, huh? This is Dr. Tang. Man, you're crossing lines here, but let's go to Adam. Okay. So we are in Adam's apartment here, and he seems to be underneath the covers, freaking out, not exactly knowing what he is doing. We are expecting him to pop out of the sheets where he now bursts open. He is now sitting up. It seems like he has markings all over his body. Dude, he's like grunting. Like he's yeah. like transforming or something. He's like, Ugh. It looks like he's got hives or something all over his body right now. And he's right bleeding now. from his eyes again. He's probably allergic to something. He should probably get it clean. <sighs> Did Lana clean this properly? Let's get her back in here. Hey, I need this deep clean. You want another kick? <laughs> Don't do this, Lana. And I so, don't of course, hurt you. He, he shoots that needle again. It's directly into his stomach. And he yeah, he has pain. all these weird hive markers. They're disgusting. Yeah, they're gross. And he is drooling. And Lana, Lana's hearing him. She's calling out to him. <laughs> Adam? Adam! Be right out. Adam! Uh, I'm busy. I'm busy, you <laughs> stupid dick! That's exactly what happened. <laughs> and, of course, she she's just waiting. Are you okay? What's going on? And Adam does finally open the door. And let guess what? He looks normal, except maybe a little tired, sweaty. Hey, like, I'm fine. I'm good. Adam, I kept my word. I didn't tell anyone about Chad Nash. It's been 24 hours. <laughs> what the fuck does she mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, uh, it's, it's been 24 hours. I kept my whole mouth shut, so you gonna tell me now? You gonna tell me? What? Lana. No, no, no. She loves him. No, 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 no. She needs to get rid of she him. She loves him. What is she doing? She loves him. What does she love? But I think I deserve an explanation, Adam. Like, come on. Look, Lana, this is bigger than you realize. Whatever you know, just forget about it, dummy. <laughs> For your own good. <laughs> no, Adam, I can't do that. Yeah, Lana, talk back. You're going to live here? You're going to be honest with me. You get that? <laughs> yeah. You know what? You want the truth? All right, I'll give you the truth. Guess what? I'll make it real clear to you. You tell anyone what you found out, and you're going to regret ever meeting me. <laughs> and she's like, what? Whoa. <laughs> you for real? <laughs> like, and Adam literally just dead stare at her, like pure, pure hate. Yeah. It's like pure hate. Walks back like he's a vampire, just completely stiff, and closes the door on her. And Lana's like, no way. God damn it, again? Dude. 
Why does this keep happening to me? Lana's so, a moron. I'm so bad with men. I She's should ask bad more with questions. people. She's terrible with people. Remember how she did Chloe? All right. So after, remember her best friend Tina. <laughs> after meeting Emily. Yeah, remember Emily. Remember she didn't save her. Remember Megan and her other friend that died thanks to Altman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That just happened. Lana. Is a horrible person. Yeah. Uh, have you met Clark? Yeah. I'm, They're meant to be. I'm actually going to say... Clark's trying to change. Yeah, I think he, he does is trying think, to move in the right direction. I think Clark doesn't need... I think it's reverse. Yes. Lana's life... You and I are on the same page with this. Lana's life was just as bad without Clark. But Clark, his life turned bad when he met Lana. <laughs> Newt. And that'll go back to my meteor freak theory that Lana is a meteor freak because that attraction is just making it worse. You know, the problem with Lana, too, is right now, Clark is wanting to grow. Lana wants to just stay herself. She's wanting to settle. Yeah, she just wants to still. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm perfect. Yeah. Like, she doesn't think she has to mature nor grow in her life while Clark is over here going, I got a lot going on. Things, I'm maturing. I got to figure out what I got to do. My dad just had a heart attack, man. I'm about to be the man of the house. And Lana is dealing with a tenant that she allowed to move in just because he was good looking. But she knows nothing about him. No, she. he was a great physical therapist. <laughs> I am so confused. And I don't feel bad for her. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I've never felt bad for her. <laughs> I did it sometimes. Not no, you, when? I can't remember. I've blacked out too much. <laughs> Let's go to the Clark barn. Clark is now walking down his stairs here. He seems to be very excited where all of a sudden we see Lex oh walking in. Oh, my and God. We have one of the best scenes where it seems like Lex goes, hey, how did everything turn out with your friend? Well, it seemed like the dog's bark was a lot louder than his bite. Oh, well, I had a feeling you'd be able to take care of this, Clark. You know, the oddest thing also happened yesterday. After I talked to you, my silver Porsche was seen speeding off the grounds. Uh, do you have something to tell me? Maybe someone stole it. Lex then smiles. Uh... Not not exactly. Lex always does this, like, walk up, turn his back to them, and then turn around. <laughs> By the time that I was able to see exactly what occurred and came back, the car was already returned, so it wasn't, in fact, stolen at all. Well, I'm glad it was back, Lex. Yeah. Uh-huh. My security thinks it was a joyrider, but I'm not so sure. So why don't you tell me, Clark? Why? Uh... What do you think happened? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? I don't know. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> and Lex, of course, like, I understand what it's like to have a friend in need, but sometimes you have to cross that little moral line to get their aid. But often that can be the true test of friendship. And it's like, Clark, just tell them you're sorry that it was you. Because Lex even ends it. Well, give your dad my regards, man. I'll Remember that DVD player, bitch? <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude. And he's not even mad. I would just say sorry. Like, you want Lex to do you favors, bro? Like, for real? Keep okay. the friendship okay? Okay. You got to tell him, hey, I'm sorry. I, yes, I took the car. It ended up working out. So, yeah, I returned it. All right. So, now I'm going to tell you this. I'm defending Clark. I'm not going to lie. I thought Lex was acting like a little bitch. You knew, okay, you knew I needed help. Your car was returned. You obviously know it was me. I'm not going to tell you because you said no whenever I asked you for help. So why am I going to tell you this? 
doesn't make any sense. You didn't ask me beforehand. You weren't wanting to go in details. You knew I needed help. And so obviously everything is returned safe and sorry. What's the big deal? Lex trying to make it. Friends tell each other everything. Yeah. Give me your dirty secrets. This is ridiculous. I thought that Lex was a little bit overreacting there. And Clark, even his reaction was, man, you're acting, you're acting that way. Oh, yeah. No, he felt guilty. Buddy. No, he didn't. He felt guilty, dude. He was like, what? Why? What happened? And Let's of course, go to the Kent house. Dude, Kent Farm, bro. Well, we are about to see probably the most adorable scene in the entire episode where we have the return of Jonathan coming home. Yep, John is back. I don't need to put my feet up. They said they've been up for a week. No, I just need to get some rest. And of course, Martha's like, I'm going to make you a sandwich with low-sodium turkey. And then John says, what did you just say? Low-sodium turkey? Gross. This is exactly how Red Foreman had his heart attack. With, and uh, she looks Kitty. at him and says, Jonathan? He says, I love you, baby. Uh-huh. All right, thanks. <laughs> I'm so excited for the food. And then John says, all right, Clark, come on, sit down. He come immediately on. tells him, Clark, sit down. Listen, son, it doesn't take a genius to realize that something's been bothering you about this, about my health lately. Huh? huh? What, what? What, what do you mean? Well, all right, Dad. While you're in the hospital, Pete got into some trouble. I had to do some things that I wasn't proud of. Oh, well... Your mother and I trust your judgment. We did realize that the difference between right and wrong, but Clark, one day when you're not, when we're not around, you're going to be able to have to make those tough decisions. And, and you'll have are- to remember it to know the difference between right and wrong. And what Jonathan is actually comparing right now, which is why I do love this scene, he's comparing now the mortal to you. Your mother and I can do things, but we have to be able to decide what is the black and white of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Clark, you're in the gray. It's you that has to be able to decide what you feel is right. And at this point, your mother and I have to be able to get to be the trusting area with you and to be like you can make those choices. Yeah. And yeah, just like you said, like you got to you're going to have to wander the gray areas and realize what's right or wrong. He's like, Clark, look, I did go talk to Jarrell and I think maybe that is why my heart gave out. He does admit it, though, that it was he even thought that. But because he he's so tell stubborn, that, you know, yes. like I like that. And Clark even, like, reacts in a sad way. He's like, but listen, man, I went into that cave knowing full well there was going to be risks involved, and I'd do it again if I thought you were in trouble. Dad, I promise I'll never put you in that position again. But he even says, dude, that's That's not not the the point point at all. The point point is you're different than me and your mom. You're going to have to make those choices in your life, moral choices that she and I will never make or have to make. It's this simple. Save that person, save that person. Save a million lives, save that person. Yeah. Save the person you love, save a million lives. Yeah. That's the worst decision on planet Earth, because <laughs> now you have to make those moral choices. Yeah, there's going to be just choices where you're like, and even even Martha has said it before, you can't save everybody. Yes. You can't save everybody, and you got to realize that you, you just do the best you can. And I'm not even going to lie. Again, like I said, I'm going to give Jonathan, everyone can skip over this episode because all my, uh, what I feel with Jonathan is this episode will obviously not continue. This is only a one-time thing. But Jonathan is very loving. He is so <laughs> loving towards his son. Oh, y'all hear that? Uh, nope, nope. I said one time. Taylor I said one time. Him so I said much. one time. It was it's his favorite character now. It was very adorable how he didn't put it in a Martha way where it was kind of, she's scared. 
because she doesn't want him to have to go through. Like, she's scared for him. Yeah. She doesn't want him to have to go through that. Well, Jonathan is putting in a realistic way, like, dude, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's a more down-to-earth kind of message for his son. It is, yeah. And, of course, he says, you'll do what you think is best and what's right. And it's nice because even Martha had this, like, same her yeah. own perspective conversation last episode at the very end. And now it's this time with John at the end. And we are finally having both parents now. What we've even hinted at is both parents, how they have changed this season, are fully on board with finally trusting their son. That is what they have told us now, that this is Clark having and being able to make his own choices while Jonathan and Martha will always have his back and not say, what is your problem? And it makes sense because, I mean, he's a junior going on senior now, and it's like he has the whole destiny thing going on, the test yes, or whatever. And And instead of freaking out because they don't want to They got to embrace it, dude. Yes, exactly. Embrace it. And now we get the best ending ever. This is you. You can have this. God. We have Clark just playing hoops by himself. Looks like, how long do you think he's been out there? I would say probably 30 minutes. Okay. Like just shooting around. And, Cl- and Pete shows up in his Oldsmobile. Before you go on, I just have to say this. That blue car that Pete pulls up with in this scene is worth $20,000. Probably. He could have just given that to Dante. You're like, hey, man. Sorry. Family, family car, do you can't do that. I have solved this entire episode with multiple scenarios. Isn't his mom a judge? Couldn't he just make some inside deal with her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pete's not smart, we know. <laughs> no, no. And so Pete shows up because now it's like, hey, hey. Like the awkward haze. And look, Clark, look, man, I know you're probably mad as hell at me. And to be honest, I don't blame you. But you know, it's all I can say is I'm sorry. And Clark's like, I am too, Pete. I had to steal from one friend to help another, and someone died. So, I know. (laughs) (laughs) If I listened to you from the start, none of this would have happened. Yeah, that's That's, true. That's true, man. Clark, listen, you told me your secret because I'm your friend, and at times that's not an easy thing to be. All right. (laughs) But it doesn't give me the right to do what I did. Okay. All right, cool. I just want to say that. Clark, I swear it will never happen again. I just don't like it because Pete used that as an argument against Lex. Yeah. He used that exact scenario of what he just did as like, no, no, I'm the better friend. Come on, Lex would be able to use your ability. Bro, you just did that. Yeah. That's like the biggest hypocrite, the biggest. If I'm Clark, it's bad. That's right why now. he's still mad. It's bad right now if I'm Clark. Because even Clark is like, and looking at him doesn't say yeah, anything. Doesn't Pete's say like, word. Clark, I know I failed you, man, but I promise you until the day that I die, I no, will no, no, never. No. Say it like him. Till the day I die, <laughs> I will never disrespect your powers again. You gotta believe me. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to make it real convincing here. Yeah, this is like the most acting I've ever seen Pete Ross do. <laughs> and Tom is still not saying anything. Sorry, Tom. Clark. <laughs> Clark is not saying anything. And of course, Pete's just like, Okay, want to shoot some hoops? No, I don't really want to. I was to. just about to go inside, actually. He's oh, like, come, come on, on, man, 21 points. We'll t- play, come on, twos, man. We'll play twos. Start from there. Clark's just staring. Clark's just like, nah, not today, Pete. And now Pete's shoulders go down. The smile is no longer there. Clark drops his ball, and he starts walking towards his house. 
in a very smug type of way. Yeah. Pete, he said, Pete, you're a piece of shit for today. Pete is left there standing, and he is a little bit shocked, saying, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to drive back home. And now Pete is getting in his car. We are seeing the separation of the two as the camera pans out. This is not that sad of a scene because Pete's still looking at him too. He's hoping he's going to turn around and look back. This is like a boyfriend and girlfriend breaking up right now. No, it's siblings, dude. Okay, siblings wouldn't do that. Instead, they would go in the same house together because they can't get around each other. But this is a way where Clark knows. Sorry, best friends. You want me to say that? Also, Pete, if you ever come in my home again, I'm going to tell my dad what you did. (laughs) (laughs) And that's end credits. We end on that. And, man, Fast and Furious prequel, Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule episode. I told you, what if Pete never got told by Clark to stop the racing? Then that's who he would be ending up as. Yeah. And I think that at this point, it probably would have been for the better. That Honestly. maybe Pete would have been able to handle his own issues, come up with his own solution, maybe finally think of, hey, yeah, I really should just probably race again and this time lose. Dude. I don't understand that concept. Why wouldn't you just do it again? Because he's stupid. Just do it again. God. But yep. Yeah, man, you know, there was it was such a good episode, man. We had such a time, right? This is the best episode ever. Pete and I are done forever. Great. Because, yeah, I'm not going to lie. How does Pete come back from this? There is no way Pete would ever be able to come back. This is too much where I'm just extremely disappointed. You've threatened a lot inside of our friendship here. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'll see you after summer, dude. And it's like, man, that was it. That was Velocity. As you can tell, Velocity. Skirt. Yep. But next week. Oh, man, next week. (laughs) I just want to prepare everyone right now. No, they're going to have to skip over. (laughs) No. Next week is going to be beautiful. And very riled up. Hot and bothered, hot and ready, because we have episode 14 obsession, Alicia. And I'm not going to say anything else besides You've already that. said it like for the past three seasons. No, they don't this. understand. You have been building up to True this, Alicia. fans know that Alicia was the one, bro. She was the one. All right. I don't know if you- I would have been hands and knees, bro. Okay, but you know what? Kissing feet. <laughs> Maybe Alicia turns out to be a good person. So maybe Clark finally has found his true love. I still haven't watched the episode. Oh, yeah. She's my angel. So I'm still very curious of what's going to occur. I'm hoping from the way you are presenting this, a lot of dirtiness. Oh. A lot of sweatiness. If there's not enough dirty, I'll do it for you. (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) You'll find out. And I'm also hoping that maybe Lana has some things thrown in her face. Because, you know, all the decisions with her Adam choice hasn't been the best. And I'm wondering exactly how she's going to be able to get rid of Adam at this point. Because now he's just pretty much threatening her life. And Lex is allowing it. If I'm Lana, I go to Lex immediately right now. Honestly. Yeah. I just have him nip this got to. But yes, I'm excited about Obsession. I'm excited to meet Alicia. I'm excited to see what we're going to get into. We may have to have another host or maybe a third party just to calm us down or throw water on us. Hell nah. 
Cold water. Nah, it's just going to be me. <laughs> I'm going to just... You're going to be too much. All dude, right? You're going to need to relax. Yo, me? You're going to need to relax. Just wait till you, dude. Anyways, again, Somebody Save Me podcast. Thank you for listening once again. Follow us on all the... Whatever channels are available, dude, okay? They're all in the bio. Stop acting like you can't read or find us, okay? Catch us next week for one of the greatest Smallville episodes of all time.